Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Recruitment Roundup with Toby and Nadia of Harrington Star. This is our one podcast a week where we talk about us and our great passion for recruitment. Five days a week, we love to shine a light on the individuals making waves in the world of fintech. And on a Sunday, we bring you the Recruitment Roundup. This week, we are going to be talking about constant communication. We're going to be talking about this because a lot of our learns this week have been around pre-boarding, onboarding, communicating with your staff, communicating with your future staff, communicating with your network, and most importantly, authentic communication. So we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to share with you. And as usual, please do send us through any questions that you may have for future episodes, because we love to be able to answer some of those questions within a pod like this. So Toby, why don't you kick us off and tell us about your experience this week? I know you've been busy again with FinTech Focus TV and podcasts, so it'd be good to hear about it. Absolutely. Yeah, look, uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is we are putting together next week on Thursday the 25th, a live webinar powered by Glue42 and Velox, two of my favourite businesses who I think are absolutely revolutionising the, uh, the, the sector at the moment, really modernising technology within the space. And I'm going to be comparing that with three excellent speakers to look at the platform modernisation using low-code and desktop interop technologies, which is an area which I've been talking about non-stop, it feels, for the last sort of six, seven months or so. Absolutely a subject which is on everyone's mind at the moment. The low-code movement is booming desktop interop and everything around that that collaboration aspect has, has never been higher so john butler rena rachuria and steve grob and i will be exploring that topic in detail the eventbrite is on the website it's also on linkedin if you follow me on there and you can uh, get involved on, on that uh, webinar thursday the 25th at 3 p.m so very much looking forward to that i've also have some other great topics coming out next week we'll be launching volantic powered webinar that we did as well that will be available for everyone to see. Speaking of Volantic FSA, did a wonderful podcast. What I think is without question the nicest people in the, in the industry, Peter Holmgren. We were talking through their journey, their growth plans uh, as a business, which is in my mind one of the best kept secrets in European fintech. Hugely exciting journey that he's on with his team and a, a real growth pattern to watch there. Also spoke to two of the other companies that are coming out in the very, very imminent financial technologist magazine. Spoke to Dishan Patel from Leading Point Financial Markets, a business that I too love. Another company that's bringing the best of consulting products and everything else in between into the business. And Oliver Bradford over at Shield FC. Really interesting business, really interesting journey that we were talking about and some great insight from all three of those. So it has been busy on that front. And I love the subject you came up with this week, Nadia, because constant communication is another thing we're talking about. 
and hearing as a sort of mainstay of what's made businesses successful over the last year or so. Constant communication is important at any sort of stage. And I remember, and you, you, you probably will as well, we had a, an event we held with 200 odd fintech leaders hosted by Major General Patrick Cordingley, who was commander of the British forces in the Gulf War. One of the big takeaways for me of listening to the Major General was him talking through the importance of cascading information and constant communication being at the very kernel of uh, performance and saving lives. Speaking as someone who's running a dispersed team at the moment, I think one of the hardest things in the world is to make sure that you are constantly communicating with a team where it would be very, very easy if you're in an office. And one of the most difficult things about leading a team that isn't office-based is making sure everyone's kept abreast consistently and you don't drop any balls with that. And God knows I've done it at various different stages and not been able to be perfect on it, but it's something we've tried to work very, very hard on to cascade information and keep everyone transparent and open to what's going on in the business. And that's a constant journey that we felt. And, and I've spoken to leaders, as you know, all the way across the industry for the best part of a year. And I think people have really worked very, very hard and had different and varying levels of success about keeping their team absolutely engaged by constantly communicating the good, the bad and the ugly of the situation. And those businesses who said, look, this is exactly where we are. This is what we're doing. This is where we need to go. You know, this is the updates. It's been such an important aspect. And then, of course, what's over communication look like? You know, how do you make sure that you aren't just buying up everyone's time with meeting, meeting, meeting? And I've seen people say, right, okay, I'll just check in here and there and I give complete autonomy which borders on neglect at various stages. I've seen people there who've probably been over hands-on control and almost sitting on the shoulders of everyone who they're looking at. And getting that balance right is something I've seen as as a constant thread, one of my golden threads of businesses that have done really well through this period. And I know you've got thoughts about pre-boarding, onboarding. I was speaking to a fantastic CRO yesterday of a business that I think is one of the, the most exciting businesses in open banking who's come from some of the biggest companies in the world historically. And we were just expressing the need now for the people that he wants to bring into a startup from an established business, the importance of that candidate experience, the importance of interview process, the interview journey and the communication through that, through to offer, through to pre-boarding, because what we will see without question, without any question, we're already starting to see it, is an inexorable and significant spike in counter offers. And this is happening left, right and centre at the moment. And not only counter offers, but offers that are remaining from people who've been in interview processes at other stages. And then suddenly once they're into a company, they get knocked on the door again saying something's open. This is a commonplace at the moment because there is a dramatic skill shortage. People are ready to throw money in and desperation at various different options. People are nervous about leaving a company. So the quality of communication, not only internally in your teams and significantly in your recruitment process, throughout that pre-boarding, onboarding, and when you've got people in there, it's not uncommon at the moment for people to say, I'm, yeah, are they really embedded in the culture? Are they really deep into that, that business? So I think it's a very, very interesting topic that you've raised there. What have you seen in the, uh, in the space? Yeah, I completely agree with what you've been saying there, Toby. And I like the fact that you used the word neglect. And I think for me, we have to all be really clear with how we're looking after, as you said, our current staff, but also our future staff. And I think there's a balance between the moment people are, are working at extremes, suffocation versus neglect. And what we need to do is we need to be making sure that we are supporting people, we're giving them safety, we're handling and managing their expectations because those three things 
you put those three things together and you've got someone who's excited to come into work or log into work every day or someone who's excited to join your business. And this pre-boarding and onboarding as a subject is something that I've been really passionate about for the past year. Very early on in the first lockdown, I was talking to companies about it. It was a huge, huge topic. And what's become quite apparent is it started to dwindle across the marketplace. So I was talking to Ian Bailey this week. He's one of our leaders in the development space. And he gave me some really, really interesting insights. Across the last four placements that have happened in our development desk, two of the individuals that are due to start have had their roles and their reporting lines changed. That's 50%. And actually, if we look across the last five years, How often has that happened? I can't remember a time where it has, but it has created some friction. And part of our role as recruiters is to make sure that we're supporting people and we're alleviating as much friction as possible. And I think that what Ian was saying is that he's seen a sharp rise in a lack of communication with new joiners. We're seeing again and again where people have signed their contracts, whatever their role that they thought they were joining is changing, albeit slightly, But that change hasn't been communicated to a level that's needed. And one of the biggest problems that I remember hearing a lot about when I first joined the recruitment sector all those years ago, and it probably came from you, Toby, back then, but it was that we must never, ever, ever commoditize the people that we work with and represent. And the the really difficult thing we've got to be thinking about right now is we're seeing clients commoditize the new people that are about to join. And this commoditization of new joiners is something that we have got to really handhold people through to ensure that doesn't happen. Just because we haven't actually met somebody doesn't mean that they're not going to be your your best new member of staff. And anybody and everybody deserves a really good pre-boarding and onboarding experience. And this void of meeting people has led to a void of communicating with them to the level that's needed and deserved. Pre-boarding has definitely declined. Um, So this conversation, I had it with Ian. I've then had it with a number of um, other consultants across the business. And we are seeing a sharp decline in pre-boarding. And I want to really have a call to action in this pod that everybody, whoever you've got joining your business, they deserve another call. They deserve that management of expectations, that support, that implementation of psychological safety that they know exactly who they need to speak to if there's a query, a question or a problem. And those three things, support, safety and expectation leads to excitement. And that's what we're about. So on the other side of things, there's a a company which I will mention, AV, a payments business who we have recently seen pre-board somebody impeccably. And I really want to celebrate that because what they've done is booked a number of Zooms with different people. Some of them will be out of hours. Some of them will be in hours. Some of them will be about project-based work. Some of them will be about the onboarding. Some of them will just be about, hey, how are you? We're going to talk to one another because you're going to be starting soon. And I think that has to be celebrated because it actually isn't that difficult when you just pause for a second and think about the people that you want to be your next new members of staff. And I think that's incredibly, incredibly important. So my message here on this communication is we don't want to neglect because people say, oh, I'm fine on my own and I know what I'm doing, but we also don't want to suffocate. What is that beautiful middle point? And that's getting people excited about their day-to-day job or joining a business or being promoted within a business or staying within that business. And as you so rightly said, we are seeing a huge increase 
in counteroffers. What essentially are counteroffers? There's someone picking up the phone or booking a Zoom and having a conversation with someone and saying, hey, what can we do to retain you? And I think this people to people humanity has to be in every part of everything that we're doing, looking after our current staff, preventing them from interviewing in the first place. And if you are onboarding somebody, making sure you're keeping up that communication. These things are what has driven this theme for me this week, for sure. Just to talk about my pods this week. So again, these are very much communication has been the theme within them, but in very different ways. So when I opened up this pod today, I said, look, constant communication, pre-boarding, onboarding, communication with your network, authentic communication. Like communication is within everything that we do. But the two pods that um, I wanted to celebrate this week, number one, uh, Helena Nordegren, sales executive at Finestra. So I had such a brilliant podcast with her because we were talking about what got her really, really excited about the industry. She's had 20 plus years in banking and Finestra is her first fintech. And so the question was, you know, what, what drew you to fintech? And she said, that when she started interviewing within the fintech community, people communicated with her so well to get her to understand that she'd be solving problems that she never knew existed. And that really sparked off an excitement within her mind. And this is what gets me thinking. The successful people, the people that are are making waves in, in our field, these are people who are engaged, who are excited, who are constantly thinking about how can I affect this industry better? And that's why communication, I think, is so important. Another thing that was really interesting is that we spoke about authentic inclusion. And she brought up something really simple, but really powerful. And she said that when people are exclusive and non-inclusive and don't want to hear other people's opinions, actually, she's seen it as that these are the insecure people within our businesses. They don't have psychological safety about new ideas, so they don't bring them up. They don't want to be asked questions from people with different points of view or from different backgrounds who will have different points of view and questions that will challenge them because they're insecure. They like to surround themselves with almost like a cohort of people that are exactly the same as them because they're insecure. And I've never actually thought about it as clearly as that. And I think that if we start talking more about exclusion being what it is and insecurity and inclusion being something that's about mental toughness, about leaving your comfort zone and being interested in where the challenge is, we become a better industry. I thought that was really, really interesting because that in itself takes communication. And then the second pod I wanted to celebrate was uh, Rita Martin's FinTech Partnership Lead at HSBC. Now, she is a huge advocate for mentoring, and she says that she's learned loads from being a mentor and a mentee. And it was very, very interesting, the conversation I had with her, because she was talking about how important it is that that people actually understand what you're saying and that you listen. And this got me thinking. We used to talk a lot about this when we were putting together our training program, if you remember, the one for Harrington Star. I will mention that this is an award-winning training program. But one of our features was that we wanted to appeal to everybody's different natures. Some people feel that when they read something, they learn and they can take in that information. Some people feel they have to listen to it, have to see it, they have to hear it. They have to do it themselves. So what we did with our whole training program is we basically layered every single subject and we communicated it in different ways. 
And it really reminded me when I had the conversation with Rita, when she was talking about how important it is to ensure that whoever you're talking to actually understands what you're saying. I think there's a responsibility of not just feeling like I've communicated this and I've communicated well, but checking and following it up and remembering something that I read years ago, that a human being at any one time can only take in 25% of what you say. I think that's really, really important in this topic as well. Communication, clear communication, making sure that person has understood it, understood it correctly. And even this morning, I sent you um, something on Instagram, which was a, a little video about how gossip spreads. But again, yeah. that's what happens with Chinese whispers. It's communication gone wrong. I, I remember doing this a session. Uh, I went to a lane four, which was Adrian Morehouse, the Olympic swimmer. I had a consultancy, an HR consultancy, and I was invited along to this session. And it was basically worked in groups and you were set through to basically have a message that was delivered. You had 10 minutes to absorb the message and then you had to write down the notes and then you had to pass it on to another team of effectively your leaders. And there were three people who you passed that message on to. You give it to them for five minutes, the key points. And then they take that message and then cascade it to a group of 10 people listening at the end of it. And then you had at the end, someone at the start of it then read out the, the full communication. And then someone who'd received it third hand then delivered that information back as what the key points of the, the situation were. And of course, it was completely distorted. And so I think this is, it becomes fascinating. And I was, on a, uh, I was on a panel this week looking at productivity and efficiency in the recruitment industry. And it was from a few people who were asked, people who'd exited recruitment businesses and they were asked this question what was your obsession when it came to productivity and efficiency what was your obsession when it came to productivity and efficiency and their answer was the best practice around coaching and, and he mentioned that not all training is equal so if he gave one bit of advice about coaching and training it's repeat 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 best practice repeating the basics regularly and this comes back to anything we've ever spoken about, read or talked about. And, and I know we've spoken about this in our training manual. You can term it a thousand times the message. You can talk to it, repeat, 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 label it, whatever you want. The core of it is, is that no matter how good your message is or how compelling it is or how much you think you've nailed it, it will not land with everyone because something comes across their screen that they're thinking about. They've had a bad day with X or Y or Z, particularly in the world of Zoom and communications where they aren't face to face and all this sort of stuff the importance to cover it afterwards with everyone. And, and I think you said this beforehand as well, massively relevant is to individualize, to individualize the message and make sure it's there and tailored to that person, their particular hopes, dreams, aspirations, et cetera, et cetera, problems. is so, so important. And that is very, very difficult because every conversation that would be a water cooler conversation in an office suddenly takes 10, 15 minutes out of your day because a conversation on Zoom is very rarely, this is what I want to say, bang, I'm in and out. It's chit chat. And it's a very, very time-consuming process, an age at the moment where time is an absolute premium. So this communication, I think, becomes utterly fundamental to try and game, to try and get right, to try and absolutely tailor that messaging. And it is bloody difficult. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do. And you're always on, uh, you know, as, as a leader of a business, and I've spoken to this about and that to a number of different people, you are always on stage there to be critiqued. You are there to try and do everything right and you can get nine things right, but one of them goes uh, you know, slightly off point and people remember that one thing rather than the nine things that you've been pushing for everyone else with. And so the importance to make that one thing one out of 20 as opposed to one out of 10 becomes even greater. So it's a huge responsibility for leaders at the moment and it's a huge challenge. 
and I'm so pleased that we're talking about it today because I think when I've seen some genuinely exceptional performances has come through, it will be because of that communication and people recognizing by the same rationale, and this is a big thing for everyone's mental health as a leader to recognize, is you simply cannot please all the people all the time. You will do your very best to be there to do the right thing for people and you will be able to be pushing that, but you cannot, cannot, cannot be perfect and you cannot please everyone all the time. You can always, however, aspire to do so. Yeah, and I, and I love that. And I think it's that aspiration of, of doing so that's so important. And I love the fact that you've brought up the fact that everyone is different concepts because that's always something that's driven me that... And to be honest, it's because in my early career, I always felt that I was the different one. And actually still now, I often feel like I'm, I'm the odd one out. But we now live in a world where that is celebrated to have that difference of opinion, that different journey, that difference of experience. And we want to be challenged or we should want to be challenged with the questions that we wouldn't have expected. But this uh, concept of everybody is different, I think, is so powerful. And it's something we've got to constantly remind ourselves that people just aren't going to be like us. They're not going to hear things like I will hear it. We've spoken a lot about how the two of us communicate in this pod. I'm very aware that I, I speak emotively. I won't bring as many facts into the conversation as perhaps you would because we communicate differently and how we hear things will hear it differently. I think that's really powerful in itself. But when it comes to people's communications and ensuring that message is heard, we have to remember that everyone's different and they're going to hear things differently. And I wanted just to bring up one of the polls that, that actually Kashasa, who worked on our Java, Python and C++ desk, put out across this week. And the question that she put out to our LinkedIn followers, and just to remind everybody, we have now gone over 64,000 followers on our, our Harrington Star LinkedIn page. So we will be doing many more polls over the course of the coming weeks because we want to present real-time, real-life information from relevant people within our industry. And again, to remind everybody, Harrington Star in June of 2021 will only be 11 years old. So the people that are following us are people that have done so in the last 11 years. They will always be people within tech or looking to get into tech, within fintech or looking to get into fintech, within financial services or looking to get into financial services. So we believe that this is a really relevant pool of people to be sending polls out to. The question that she asked was, there are lots of important factors to consider when changing jobs. What's the final deciding factor for you? She gave three options plus an other. The option number one was learning new skills or technology. Option number two was money. Option number three was flexibility. And really interesting because I think I just want to hammer home this point. When we're communicating, we must know that everyone's different. And even if I myself am motivated by flexibility, somebody else is going to be motivated by money. Or if I myself am motivated by learning new skills or technology, somebody else could be motivated by flexibility. The interesting results of this is 41% of the hundreds of people that voted said that learning new skills and technology is what's the final deciding factor for them. 36% said money, 16% said flexibility, 7% said other, and there were a whole plethora of things around who they work with, who they report into, how well that they are supported and looked after. But I just wanted to mention this poll because we're going to be doing so much more work on polls. But again, for me, it really shows how everyone is unique if we're going to communicate well, we need to know who we're communicating to and have that conversation first. Any other thoughts yeah. from you, Bab? 
it's a fascinating time at the moment, isn't it? The more I look at this this sort of period, the more I'm thinking there are going to be some incredible opportunities that sort of pop up over the course of the next year. But there's also going to be an awful lot of challenges for business at the same time, and I think none more so than in, in talent, because there's a lot of pent-up aggression called spring aspect in the economy full stop. I think we are going into a bounce, and, and it will be a significant bounce. There are companies in the fintech space a lot of companies in the fintech space that have grown by 100, you know, 200, 300% over this sort of period. As the economy loosens its strings and confidence returns, I can see that in increasing even more. So businesses are very, very cognizant that there is a scarcity, a paucity of talent, potentially even made even more pronounced through, through Brexit. And as we were talking about, that ability to make a world-class interview process make a real world-class onboarding and pre-boarding process and to really be able to know the differentiators of their business. Challenge the, the person I was talking to yesterday who are looking to take on a uh, person from a large established enterprise business into a startup in a very exciting space. Do you absolutely have the story that's going to be able to move someone from you know, the right person from, from that sort of organization further forward? And, and he has, and he's thought about it. And I think that's so, so important. And, and a lot of companies, you are sat there interviewing like two, three, four years ago, you're going to be in, in for a very sharp surprise, I think, about how many people you're able to attract because every good candidate is going to have three or four different offers. So if you've got someone there who's got three, four different offers and yours might be 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 pounds less than that, how are you absolutely going to tell that story as to why that person should join your business? Because it is rife. It's going to get more so. And I think people need to be absolutely on point with it. So that's it from me. Nads, any final thoughts from you? These themes every single week, they are coming from the marketplace and what the marketplace is dictating. But also I'm starting to have people call me up after these pods and ask me specific questions about things. I really, really encourage that because we want this to be a living, breathing thing that will help people and improve the marketplace that, that we're working in. There's been a couple of questions around coming back to the office, whether people be continuing to work remotely. I think we should probably talk about that next week because I think that's very much linked to this and very much a topic that everyone's talking about. But also, mm. I'm a big fan of the how and I want to talk more about how we can help people be really clear on what that employee value proposition is. And it's not just saying it once in an interview, but, but we can really help with how that gets a very clear follow-up. So we can be talking about that over the course of the next few weeks as well, for sure. Listen, it's a, there's a lot we can be talking about. I, I often feel this show could last all day if we, <laughs> if we wanted it to. I love doing it. I love cycling and seeing and discussing some of the positivity and it is positivity out there in the marketplace at the moment. So we love doing it. We hope we're adding some value with these topics. As Nadia says, they're absolutely relevant. They are coming from the people, for the people, and we love bringing it to you as well. So do please chip in. Do please tag us on social media. Do please ask us what you want to hear for, about from this. We'll endeavour to answer the questions from our experience, but also to find out and question and, and bring in experts from all around the network. And that community is the important part for us. Community is about spreading messages. It's about growing brands and growing teams and growing networks. That's what we want to be very much at the heart of, to able to, for us to be able to reach this as far as possible. All we ask is that you like, share, pass the pod on, and give us a five-star rating if you can, wherever you get your, your podcast, because that truly, truly helps. And we're massively humbled and grateful to everyone who's done that for us, because it just allows us to spread this podcast from London to New York, to Asia, 
to Australia, to everywhere around the world that we've been listening to so far. And it's a true blessing and truly great fun to be able to do it. So thank you very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. And from Nadia and I, it is a goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.